Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Jeff Chatterton. He is one of the world's leading crisis communicators who's helped clients in various industries across one, two, three, four, five, six continents. A former award-winning journalist, Chatterton is the CEO of Checkmate Public Affairs and provides strategic counsel and advice to business leaders. Jeff is one of the co-authors of the international best-selling book, Leaders Under Fire, the CEO's survival guide to navigating corporate crisis. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. It's, uh, it's awesome. It's a real pleasure. All right. So let's go back in time a little bit. How did you become a world-leading crisis communicator? <laughs> the the standard joke in crisis communications is how did you get into crisis communications, and the answer is by accident. Um, so uh, I, I was a political hack. Uh, I ended up uh, being uh, the guy on the ground in the middle of Canada's largest environmental disaster, and um, um, ended up uh, doing more and more work in terms of environmental rehab and uh, more and more issues management stuff. 9-11 uh, happened, the world changed, and uh, 20 years later, um, six continents and tons of awesome clients later, I'm still, uh, I'm still here. Awesome. So what are you finding are some of the biggest mistakes companies and executives are making when it comes to handling their communications? The biggest mistake that I see uh, time and time again are uh, companies that are responding far, far too slowly um, uh, using outdated communication tactics and methods, answering the facts and not the real issues around why it is that they're in a problem in the first place. Um, you know, the book navigates, uh, you know, a, a number of different stories and I, I don't want to get into, you know, you know, well, the book says this or the book says that the fact is, if you look at every single major corporate crisis in the last 50 years, it's not what happened. It's how the company responded to what happened that gets them in trouble. And, and that's where, that's where most CEOs fall down. I think that makes a lot of sense. What, what are, let's define it first. What are you defining as a crisis and how does that differ from, let's say, a large, you know, enterprise to a small business? Oh, um, it's a great question because if, if you were to come to me and say, hey, I run, 
you know, Hershey uh, Foods or Kraft or General Mills, and we're dealing with a product recall, I'd say, well, that's not a crisis. That's called Tuesday. Um, that's that's not, you know, if, if and you've got the policies, the processes, the procedures, and frankly, if you don't know how to communicate to the consumers in the event of an unlikely product recall, you don't deserve to have your job in the first place. Um crises are the issues that you don't see coming they're the 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 stuff that ends up on the 11 a.m leading the news uh, because your vice president got caught doing something completely heinous um even if it has nothing at all to do with the company um you can go on and on and on over the different things companies can get themselves into trouble for and that's that's one of the reasons we wrote the book the the, the old school method of writing it all down and coming up with a crisis communications manual, that's, that's 1990s thinking in a 2021 world. Absolutely. You talk a little bit, and obviously we want people to go get the book. We don't want to spill any of your secret sauce, but you talk about how crisis can, can actually be turned into an opportunity. Can you give an example of how a crisis could work out and improve the company and work out for the better? And how do we kind of recognize that? Oh, uh, no, absolutely. And, and I, I firmly believe that um, everyone, everyone who's ever been involved in crisis communications is familiar with the age old story about Tylenol. Uh, Tylenol was in fourth place, I believe, across the nation when it came to analgesic pain relief. They had this nasty issue started in Chicago in the 1980s where people were poisoning Tylenol bottles that did a very uh, complete and empathetic campaign directly to the consumers. Now, Tylenol is by far and away the number one analgesic brand, pain relieving brand in the country. My personal experience, I, uh, I got called into a company that was, um, uh, it was a specialty aircraft uh, charter uh, company. They, they went down, they killed a couple of their passengers. Uh, not intentionally, horrible. obviously. It was not, not intentionally, absolutely. Um, the, the fact is they're in aviation and accidents happen. Uh, it was, it was very, it was horrifying for the CEO. It was horrifying for the families and, and, and the people who were involved. Long story short, and we go through the process in the book and, and, and I, I want to respect your time. So I won't walk you all the way through it, but we led with empathy. We led with authenticity. And, uh, two years later, the, the fact is, uh, not only were the families who were legitimately grieving, but they were not, I'm not going to say happy. They were satisfied with the approach that the company has taken. Um, and uh, sales for that particular company had gone up by a third. Uh, they, they actually went up by 30%. Um, uh, because it was proof that it's not that the bad things happen to you. It's how you respond to the bad things that determine credibility. And um, uh, all of a sudden you had travel operators across the globe who were paying attention and going, oh, you're doing that? I didn't know you could do that. Tell me more. And, and I mean, you, it's not a repeatable strategy. You don't want to do it again. It, it, it doesn't matter what's gone on uh, as long as it, as, as it wasn't intentional. And um, you can fix it. You talked earlier about how a written down crisis plan was kind of 1990s thinking. In it, what is what does crisis management look like in the 21st century? 
I think it's I think it's uh, telling that the only people who are actively out there, I mean, for years, we've heard about the importance of the crisis communication plan. Anyone who's ever gone to business school has probably heard about the importance of the crisis communication plan. Anyone who's a CEO gets harangued on the crisis communication plan. But who are leading the charge? Who's the loudest when it comes to the importance of crisis communication plans? Consultants who make a lot of money selling that binder, right? Um, and and frankly, it's easy to sell a client the binder. It's easy to to, to sell the client a fairy tale make believe story that they're now prepared, and it's incredibly dangerous. They're giving the client a false sense of security. Uh, you can't do that. There isn't a single crisis communication plan on earth uh, that anyone has ever shown me that was able to predict 2020. Um, that is a massive economic disruptive game changer. Not a single crisis plan uh, mentioned it. Uh, so how do, you, how do you react to that? You have to make it up and you have to be able to pivot and understand that we're dealing with humans here. We're dealing with emotions. We're dealing with, with, um, with, ooey, sticky, gooey balls of humanity, not, not facts, not data, uh, all of those things, those, those aren't going to save your day. It's, it's how, how you deal with people. I like that you bring it back to, you know, it is all about people and what's going on with them and their perceptions. How do you manage, how has your position and your changed in the 21st century, not just because of the pandemic, but obviously because of the proliferation of smartphones and social media? Well, yeah, it used to be you could get away with stuff. Really, quite frankly, that was it. I mean, let's let's be real. I I look back at my teenage years and I shudder to think about what would have happened if if you know YouTube and camera phones were as prevalent as they are today. Uh, the fact is, they are prevalent today. There is no privacy. There is no privacy anymore. And, and unless you are prepared to deal with that, you better be prepared to deal with those really awkward, embarrassing, gross, uh, ugly moments in public. Um, and, uh, and so it's one thing to say, well, we don't have awkward, embarrassing, gross public moments. But then you can also deal with reality. And the fact is those moments are going to happen. Those moments are going to happen because we're not perfect and we hire people who aren't perfect and we have circumstances and suppliers that aren't perfect. And, and unless you're prepared to deal with the lack of perfection, you're going to have suboptimal responses. And, and that's what costs CEOs their job. Well, I mean, that segues into the next question, which is how come companies survive, but the CEOs don't? So, uh, okay. I get a call. Uh, Hey Jeff. Oh crap. This has happened. I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I, I fly down to, you know, wherever we, 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 you know, we're responding, we're doing everything effectively and quickly and robustly. Um, the CEO is doing a good job of communicating. Um, this is a, a, a perfect scenario. It never happens perfectly. Fact is the CEO says something dumb. Uh, one of the spokespeople says something dumb, you know, never, you, you've got minutes 
to respond, not hours. Not it's not like even in the old days. And and unless you do it perfectly the first time, it's not going to go well. And so when that happens, you've got a board of directors that is sitting there going, "What the heck? What are we doing? We're losing shareholder value. We're losing um, brand credibility. We're losing our goodwill." What is the fastest and quickest way to get us out of this mess? And frankly, at that point, who's been the most public face of your company? That's where the CEO gets, uh, you know, volunteered to uh, go off and sign a non-disclosure agreement and, and go spend a couple years in Bermuda. And yes, that is that is definitely one way to put it. You talk about how as leaders, we spend our entire career building our reputation, um, but you can destroy it in minutes with one sentence. You say one thing wrong or you take one wrong action. Um, how do we avoid those traps? Given that, as you mentioned, we're all human. Yeah, well, and, and I think the key is um, uh, don't let... Um, don't let your ego get in the way of the right thing to do. Uh, you look at, at, at all of the CEOs uh, who have managed to completely stuff it up throughout history. Um, Travis Kalanick at Uber. Um, and and that's you just, just had the McDonald's CEO have some significant issues. Yeah, I, I, you can go on and on and on. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't single out Travis. Uh, every CEO has had issues at one point or another. The issue there is that they're letting ego in the way, and frankly, they're trying to do it on their own. Uh, and you can't do it on your own. You need um, you need a, a reasoned voice. You need someone to sit down, put their their hand on your figurative shoulder, if if not literally, if via a very close and intimate phone call to say, Bob, I understand you want to say this right now. Let's take a deep breath and think about this. Let's try this instead. Right? Just 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 calm a bit. Okay, now we've got this going on. And the problem that most CEOs have is that they don't have that person in their life and uh, the you can't do it you can't do it internally uh, your own staff um, are there because they're loyal to you and and their own paychecks are on the line and doing what you say you need someone who's not afraid to say I get what you're what you're trying to do here Seth I totally understand but rather than do it this way let's try this Right. Um, and, and without that perspective, buddy, uh, they, 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 they go diving into a particular path and there are consequences to diving. So how do we get that person? How do we get that objective, unemotional, impartial voice to kind of mentor us? And obviously in your world, there might be, I mean, I would hope that your ideal client doesn't do anything wrong. I would hope that you're an insurance <laughs> policy that we hope we never use, but how do you deal with that? Are you on call and you just wait till the phone rings? How does that process work? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, you delve into our, our personal line of business. Yeah, yes. we, we have relationships like that with CEOs across the globe. Um, we, uh, one of the things that we did differently, we, we created a flat rate system because we don't want uh, to, uh, to, to screw over our clients who are dealing with a crisis and then say, okay, yeah, we can fix that, but it's going to cost you $150,000. Um, and at that point, quite frankly, uh, it's the world's easiest sale uh, because they have no option. 
Um, but then it takes forever and a half to actually get up to speed, to learn what's going on, to do all of the things. We, we said there's got to be a better way and there's got to be a better system out there. Um, we have a flat rate system. We actually have a relationship with our clients. But if, if, um, if you're not obviously with us, um, there, are, there, are, there are some really great and smart people that are out there. Uh, you need someone who is aware of how the media works, aware of how uh, unions and, and different organized stakeholders are going to be able to perceive things, and someone who isn't afraid to speak truth into an emotion. It's, um, uh, there, there are, it's hard to find those folks, obviously, but they're, they're worth their every, every penny you pay them, and they're worth their weight in gold if you can find them. How do you balance being empathetic and validating people's concerns, showing you're human, showing you understand, and you're apologetic, while on the, on the same side, you've got probably lawyers saying, don't say anything, don't admit anything, don't apologize, because that could be perceived as an admission of guilt. So, well, the first thing I would tell you is that you need to get better legal staff um, in the overwhelming majority of states. Uh, the last I checked, it was 47, but don't quote me on that. In 47 of the states that are out there, uh, an admission of, of uh, empathetic sympathy of apology is not admission of liability. Uh, they've done that explicitly and specifically to in, infuse an era and an element of humanity. Uh, if something has gone horribly wrong, there is nothing wrong with saying something has gone horribly wrong and we feel awful about it. That's not an admission of liability. And if your lawyers are saying that, frankly, you need better legal staff. Um, the, uh, the, the lawyer has one job, and that is to protect your butt in the courtroom. There's a bigger courtroom out there. Uh, you, you, you know, if it does no good if every juror out there thinks you're a corporate, greedy, megalomaniac, money-grubbing whore who's out there to just screw over the public. That's not going to work, right? You need to be taking that opportunity and, and, and show that you're human. Um, and and it, it works. Frankly, we, we hold our track record up against any legal firm on earth um, because it works. Um, there are times when you don't want to say anything because frankly, you are guilty. Uh, in that case, you know, okay, let's, let's work together and try to figure out what you can say. Uh, because at that point you're, um, you're, you're, you're trying to prevent jail time or you're, you're trying to reduce the cost of the civil exposure. That makes a lot of sense for our folks who are watching or listening and are interested in learning more. Where is the best place for them to go get the book leaders under fire and where go is to the best to learn more about you go to leadersunderfire.com um, i will happily send you a copy of the book for free um it uh i i don't the, the book's not here to make any money the book is here to to you know explain to people there is a better way to do things um the only thing uh the book is free uh the only thing i can ask for is a few bucks to pay for shipping and handling um but go to leadersunderfire.com it'll take you to uh, a landing page on my corporate website um but uh uh, there, there is a better way to do things, and uh, that's we're just trying to shine a light on uh, on the system that's that are out there, and point out that a lot of people are probably working with old school tech in a new school world.
Fair enough. Well, this has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Jeff Chatterton of Checkmate Public Affairs and Leaders Under Fire. Go get the book at leadersunderfire.com. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.